people want to see that energy. They want to see that you're passionate about it. And even the accountant, quite candidly, it, it I push them, yeah. you know, smile, <laughs> you know, you're show, show, you know, that, that emotion. Welcome back to another episode of Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most feel better. And today, without further ado, we're just going to jump into it. We're, we have Jeff Brandes, the CPA sales coach. Now, you may be thinking, a CPA sales coach, what does that have anything to do with it? Well, surprisingly enough, he explains how he went from a CPA who is clustered in a small office to being a sales coach and giving speeches. So let's just jump right into it and uh, let's just go. Hey, Jeff, can I have a 30 second intro about yourself before we jump into this? Sure. Phil, first, thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm Jeff Brandeis. I, uh, Brandeis Coaching and Brandeis Training Solutions. We work with uh, small to medium-sized entrepreneurs and businesses to help them grow in their sales process and in, and creating a more profitable business. I love it. I love it. We've had a lot of great business people on, and now I want to learn about how to grow the business even more because we've had people starting their business. We had people exiting their business, but it's the growth that we haven't had this season. So I'm really happy that you're you're on here, plus you offer great coaching for it, so it's even better. Um, let's start about your entrepreneurial journey. Where did you actually start? Like, what was the first <laughs> bug that, you know, bit you? Mine was collecting stamps of, and then selling them. For some reason, that was my entrepreneurial journey start. But what was yours? Well, I actually, uh, when I look back on that, uh, my career, Phil, I think about the I helped my sister sell Girl Scout cookies when I was about like seven or eight years old. And it was, nice. it started uh, going door to door. So it, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people talk about, you know, going door to door. I literally was going door to door when I was uh, seven or eight years old, helping my sister uh, win prizes to, to win her troopa for Girl, Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> All right. And so that obviously, I guess, got bit the the bug bit you then and you just been working towards it. I'm guessing you had some nine to fives or those. I had a lot of nines. Yeah, I had a lot of nine to fives in my career. I actually started my career as an accountant um, and I worked in public accounting for five years. And then I got uh, friendly with uh, Dave uh, Bergstein, who I still talk to today. And he moved me into kind of a sales role. And I, tr I had a whole personality switch, uh, revelation in life and came to, went from that shy introverted accountant to a guy that now does sales uh, training, sales podcasts, uh, stand up in front of a group of people. And uh, it was, it's been a lot of fun. I can only imagine, yeah, because accounting sounds as riveting as accounting sounds. And it's, it's <laughs> yeah, super so riveting, kind. <laughs> right? It doesn't attract the most outgoing people. Normally they're a little more Typically introverted. Not. And uh, you actually showed like you can be introverted, but you can go off and become an introvert. It's possible. It's just like everything. It's a skill that you need to uh, maintain. I uh, still I still work with a lot of accountants, uh, helping them grow their business as well, and trying to get them to communicate better. And one of the things we talk about in to accountants is you don't have to be that flashy sales guy. You don't have to be that with all due respect to used car salespeople. That's not what the role is all about. It's about building rapport with people, earning trust. And, uh, and we all know that people will do business with people that they like and trust. So true. Like the loyalty 
that some people are saying are no longer in my generation and younger. We put our loyalty towards people and things that we trust. Like you have to build that trust in us to get us loyal. Like there are certain brands that I'm loyal to to a fault because they built their trust for me. And so that trust, I will always do it. Like for cars, it's probably Honda. Honda will probably be my like go-to car because one, it saved my life twice. I've been in wow. two car accidents and both have been in Hondas and both have been totaled destruction and i'm still here so honda right there they're my go-to person you know my dad's had fords and he's always had problems with his fords so ford tends to say not my perf they've lost my trust but trust me i love a mustang like what man doesn't love sitting behind like a muscle cars shelby cobra you know like it's it's a classic but then again because the shelby name is attached to it that's where my trust is but yeah you don't have to be the flashy salesman as long as you can no. talk and connect with a person on some level, you'll be able to sell to them and be truthful. So one of the things we talk about in our training class is how to make that connection with people. And one of the key things that I found through my career is they always, everyone tells you to listen to the prospect, right? Always mm -hmm. things, right? And, and work with them. But they, they use such key words that most people don't listen to and I'm talking about, there are three ways that people learn and how people learn is how people buy. Oh. I'll repeat that again. How people learn is how people buy. And if they use the word, hey, can you show me how you do that? Or can you tell me about those things? Okay, the show and tell are how they learn. So if, you, if I went to you, can you show me you know, your car and all you did was yakety yak and you saw telling me about how wonderful it is if you're a car sales guy, okay? You're not gonna make that connection. No. Okay? But if I use the word, hey, tell me more about your car and what it does and, and tell me the specs. And then you started showing me a brochure about it. Again, uh, th there are opposite connections and the brain disconnects. But if you actually did that and you started showing me things about it, all of a sudden I'll like you a lot better yeah and i build that rapport because you connect it so it's it's little things like that during that sales process is huge yeah no i i've noticed that um not so much in sales because i haven't gone into that route mostly but my father is a insurance salesman so that's one of the harder things to sell in life correct and he he understood how to speak to the client to sell his product and that's when you, once, once you know your product and you know it's a great product, then it's the next step is understanding your client. And that goes with what you said, the, the hearing of the language they use and how they, uh, sorry, how they learn is how they buy. I like that. I really like that. I'm going to, I think that's the name of the episode. Jeff, how they learn is how they buy. And, it, you know, Phil, it's even more difficult today in our technology world to listen and present things differently because we are remote. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, hey, can you show me? You need to have a, a brochure. You need to pop onto Zoom. You need to be able to demonstrate some tangible things. Yeah. As opposed to just speaking. Yeah, I know. Uh, how has it been for like, I, I'm, I'm generally curious because as you said, in, in this day and age, because of COVID and the remoteness that we're going through, how, what kind of uh, questions do you get from your clients? Like when they do face a client that's a more visual 
buyer than a auditory buyer? Like, what are some of the things that you've done to help them uh, bridge that gap? As, as we know, and we hear about and we read about this is so many companies had to transform themselves from, you know, brick and mortar, if you were to internet based, and even our, the sales teams had to change how they, they did their sales. Mm -hmm. So one of the things and one of the classes that we teach is how to use Zoom, how to use GoToMeeting, how to present more effectively using the tools and the technology that we have to use today in order to build that connection. How do you engage your audience using, again, Zoom, PDFs, chat, polling questions, your whiteboards, breakout rooms? You know, most people can't really use Zoom the way you and I do. And we, we talk, we communicate where we are, but there's so much more power in these programs and so much more you can do with it, with, with, whether you're on a Windows platform or you're on an Apple platform, it doesn't really matter. There, there's so much more on how you build that rapport and build that connection and bring people into your engagement of your sales cycle or the sales uh, products. And uh, that's where I see a lot of companies, candidly, when they talk about, they get, they need more leads, quote unquote, they need more leads. No, they get leads, they're just not closing them because they're not using the tools more as effectively as they should be. Yeah, no, I, I, because I, I'm, I'm part of a large group of in, uh, entrepreneur pod uh, groups, because that's what the podcast is. I need entrepreneurs for my podcast, so go where they are. Um, I see a lot of them asking for more leads or like conversions or better sales funnels or is this product better than that product to get sales? And now that you're t telling me this, <laughs> like I'm, 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 I, I internalized it because of my father being a salesman. Um, but hearing it from, from you who coaches people and who probably has used it countless times and that, that line, how they learn is how they buy, that just simplifies everything so much. Like it clears the whole path because it doesn't matter what your tool you're using is if you can communicate with the client. It, it is. I mean, the other thing I always ask, you know, the entrepreneurs is, you know, so if you had 10, 10 leads, how many do you close? And, you know, a lot of times I'll get the, the deer in headlights look. Well, I don't know. You know, I think I'd get a couple. But, you know, the, you're in business and that's one of your most vital statistics or things that you need to be tracking. It's a, it's a solid KPI that you need to have. <laughs> it's a, yes. It's a, you need to know what, what your conversion is or your click-through rate or whatever that is. It, yes. And it's so important. And, you know, again, if you are getting 10 leads and you're only closing one, it's not the lead. It could be the quality of the leads, yes. Or it's the, well, I need to invest in myself because I never went to school for sales. I never went to school on how to do presentations. So one of the things that, you know, part of the, the show here is invest in yourself, invest in your business. Yep. And if you're doing all this outreach and the sales don't come to fruition, you know, really it's with all due respect, look in the mirror and invest in yourself. And yeah, I, I can't, can't disagree. I can't disagree with you. I can't agree with you more. Um, it is, and I've seen it myself, like I'm slowly building a, a podcasting business and I know podcasting extremely well because I host two and I'm part of another one. 
and I, I, I've been in trends for the last at least five years. So I know the, the product really well and how it's grown, but I also have to watch out that I don't use the jargon. <laughs> that's, that's a problem too, using the jargon and all that for clients. Cause like some of them have no idea. They've never been in a podcast. So I'm also learning how they, your phrase, how they learn is how they buy. And for me, I'm learning how the, how I have to buy my clients in essence. So I have to learn how they educate so they can become clients of mine and I can help them build their business through the, the magic of podcasting. So right. thank you one for that amazing valuable uh, lesson. Um, my pleasure. Uh, but so when you jumped into the co coaching or went into the sales, I'm guessing you didn't start right off with your coaching company. You were in what kind of line of business for sales? So I was a VP of sales for, you know, um, Walters Clore and uh, CCH, and I manage a sales team for up to 85 people. And, you know, whether you're managing a big sales team or you're managing just one or two people, you know, you're still coaching. You're still trying to work with people. You're trying to, you know, make them grow and obviously make the business grow at the end of the day. So I've always had a passion to working with people, training people, helping people. Uh, it's kind of, one of the things I like to call my, my legacy is I love to see people grow and expand and professionally and then watch them grow, you know, up, go up the corporate ladder. That's what they want to do or, you know, become an entrepreneur. Um, so I did that, worked in the corporate world for almost 25 war years. And then the past three or four, it's been, you know, training in the coaching side of, of my own. And um, I love it. It's... Um, you look I, like you're... You look. If we look at each other right now, you probably look 50 at the great max, if we're talking like that, but you look so happy, you're relaxed. You don't look like most 50 year olds I know, okay? You look relaxed, you're calm, you got a beautiful view behind you, even though I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a, it's a Zoom background, but it's still a beautiful view and you probably can get that view because you are your own boss and you've learned how to do it and how to get that level of success that you want by growing your business. Well, it, it is a Zoom background. It's one of my <laughs> pleasures of being on Zoom. I get to look out my own window. Uh, my window at my house does not look as nearly as of a great view as that. But, uh, you know, it, it is about enjoyment, what you do, how you do it, and being pleasure, bringing that pleasure and joy to your clients. And even to your prospects, quite candidly, or the people that you're talking to mm -hmm. is, you know, when you get on a call with them or you get on a podcast with them and go, hello, my name is Jeff Brandeis and I'm here to be your business coach. And I'm just so excited to be here. I mean, is that something somebody you'd want to do business with? Not at all. I'm sorry. Unless it's an accountant. If I'm doing with accountant, I want my accountant to be a little chill and not like me, like over the place, going all over the place. Cause then I'm like, what are you doing with my money? You know, I want something a little more reserved, but with a little, little, you know, pump and stuff and, you know, like a little life. I don't need the boring yeah. person. You need to have the passion. You need to have the energy level to display to you, your, your prospects. And obviously the knowledge and the credibility that you bring along is obviously, of course, always key yeah. and, you know, it makes a difference at the end of the day. But um People want to see that energy. They want to see that you're passionate about it. And even the accountant, quite candidly, it, it I push them, yeah. you know, smile, 
<laughs> you know, you're sh sh show, you know, that, that emotion. Show that you're human and not a robot. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you, with your business, your, your um, growth, have you seen more growth on like, what are the avenues that you use to grow your business and get your coaching? Or is it more referrals? It's a Facebook, LinkedIn? My, uh, the business grows for me really twofold. One is definitely referrals. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I, I ask clients is when do you ask for a referral? And I'm going to, I might be, this might be contradictory to what you think. Okay. But, but the most common answer to that question is after they've been sold and I've done them, I've done them right. Yeah. Right. So my answer to that is, so Phil, we're about to do business together. What I like from you is a referral in about a couple of days when we get, get things moving, we're on track. You see that we're working well together. Can I count on you to give me a, a testimonial and a, or a referral? Yeah, that's that's the perfect time to ask because the, they're committed. They'll commit to the beginning. And if you do prove it, they're like, well, now I feel obligated to follow through because he, Jeff, helped me or Phil helped me or whoever helped me. So Correct. yeah, asking near the beginning is always this, Jesus, it's smart. I've been asking at the end. Maybe that's why I've gotten only one referral. <laughs> nah, yeah, but it's part of my sales process. That's what yeah. it should be. It's it becomes natural. the The other answer is LinkedIn. You know, for me, it's definitely um, viable for me because I'm looking for that professional. Yeah. Um, Facebook does bring people in, but for me, it's going to the LinkedIn profiles. You know, making that connection, looking at someone's profile, and you know, it's it's also about doing your homework. You know, before you jump on a call with somebody that says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm interested in your service. You know, I look at their LinkedIn profile. I take a look at their Facebook page. If I can find something of interest, look to see where they went to school. Do they have some kids? Uh, what they, what did they write an article recently? So I can just bring all that into my conversation. Again, build that rapport. Build the value. Show that you're not here just for the sale. You want to learn about this person and help them more than just get them to sign over the X amount of dollars by, by doing your technique or tactic or whatever, you're, it, it, you're making the conversation enjoyable one to the person because well, they love it. Like you just recently had a book come out on Amazon, uh, probably a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And I have it, where is it? I had it up, I had, oh, there it is. Done the deal. The step done deal. Step, done deal. Sorry. Done deal. The step-by-step -step handbook to sales success. That's a, it's already in my, by the way, it's already been ordered. Um, Cause I, <laughs> it's, it's always good to learn and have different ways, different tactics that or different strategies to help yourself. Like if you focus on one strategy, it's not always going to work, you know, like you Correct. focus on LinkedIn, but also referrals and sometimes Facebook. If you only focused on LinkedIn, you probably wouldn't get as many referrals as you do or as many clients as you do. So one, I'm definitely going to be top link this book because it's an awesome, it looks like an awesome book. I can't wait to read it. I wish I could have had it beforehand, but US Postal you. Service, <laughs> unfortunately, there's been some troubles there. Um, I, I do want to know about the process of writing the book. Like how much 
work did it go into writing the book? Because we did, <laughs> I did have the book boss on, a, a man who helps business owners become the name in their industry. And he's on the, pro, his goal is to help, I think, a hundred thousand or a hundred thousand uh, business owners become the authority in their, their business or in their, their industry. And he's at 50 now. And so I, I asked him like how hard it is. And he's like, it's, once you have the template, it's easy. So I want to know when you, this is your first book I'm taking it, correct? Yes. And I actually just did the second one that was uh, geared towards accountants. Ooh. Ooh, when does that one drop? A um, little bit after this one, about uh, three or four months. But it's called Becoming a Rainmaker. Ooh, all right. That's interesting. Um, so is it getting easier to write the books? Is it getting harder? What, what pitfalls have you found? It, it's interesting, Phil. Thanks for the question. Uh, I will admit, uh, done deal, honestly, Took me about four years to uh, to get to get done. It was something I, I wanted to do. I started it. I put it down. I went back to it, and this was just like my you know my my roller coaster, right? So I I can't tell you how many times I started it and maybe did a I don't know a chapter or something or a few paragraphs and put it, put it away because. I mean, work just gets involved. Other things get involved. Life, life hits you. And this was just one of those. I was on vacation or on the airplane and I would, you know, just do some more, write, more writing. Um, so, yeah, I finally decided I was going to just get this one done and wrap it up. And because it's not just writing it. It's, it's getting it edited, getting it proofread, getting checking for spelling. Then you have to go get a graphic designer to, you know, talk about the cover. And then you got to be able to have someone kind of put it into a, a Amazon format. I yeah. mean, it just doesn't, you just don't take your word file and go, boom, <laughs> you know, go, Amazon, have fun. Right. And then they go through their check. And uh, I mean, that took me almost uh, three, four weeks in the course of pagination and covering and bleeding and these, all these new terms that you pick up, you know, in, in book uh, publishing, it's, yeah. But the other one took me a little less time, so. <laughs> and probably the next one's going to be done in a lickety split because you have everything in lickety split in relative terms, not four years length, maybe two years this time or a couple of weeks. Well, at the moment, I don't have one on uh, I'm working on. So we'll, uh, maybe I'll look back and pick up on something of, uh, I don't know. So one of the things I, t I, I think we all do have learned something through the pandemic, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the pandemic eventually will go away, but the things that we learned should last. Oh yeah. And that might be the topic of my book, but it, it might be, that's, I got to abbreviate that. Yeah. But, you know, we learned a lot through the pandemic, you know, so anyway, I haven't come up with a good catchy title yet. I like the, I, I like it. It's, here's something, learning from the pandemic. I'm sorry. Learning from the pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic learning. There we go. There you go. Yeah, it's, look, I'm yeah. helping you out there. You know? Thank you. It's one of those I always kind of wonder. People are sick of the pandemic quite candidly. So it's like now having a book called Pandemic. It's yeah, that's uh, may not win it. Like five years down the road, maybe people will be okay with it. The next five years, though, I don't think I because no. there's already, uh, I believe. 
someone made a movie about the pandemic in America. Oh, really? Where it's going. Like the pandemic just keeps going and going. And now there's like militarized and all that. And I'm like, look, it's 2021. I'm not ready for a pandemic movie. Give me some life, love, yeah. like Bambi, you know, Disney fun movies. Leave the serious stuff for another two years. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's 20 to 2021 to 20, 2020 to 2021. Things we have learned that will last. There you go. That's, I like that because you're, you're referring to what happened, but you don't get hit. Plus you get the numbers. So you're up there already on the, uh, the list. I like it. I like the way you think, Jeff. Very good. Thank um, you, Phil. There's so much I want to ask, and I just don't know where to start or continue with. Um, with your clients, and I'm guessing you, do you mainly deal with accountants or you're dealing with all, all the range of entrepreneurs? Well, I do deal with accountants, but I am ranging with other entrepreneurs. It's, it's a mix. Okay. And what is like maybe the top three tips you can give someone when they start their sales process? Like what is the, not to give away your secrets or anything like this, just That's all right. tips. Um, so what are some, like some top three tips that you usually give? Some top, I'm sorry. Top three tips you would top three tips. give. Uh, so you, you, you kind of touched on the first one. So everyone should have a sales process. Okay. It may not be the same for every company, but you you definitely have a sales process. So map it out, put it down on a piece of paper, start with a blank sheet and put down the steps that you go through to get a sale. Okay. Even if you start with a lead, a lead comes in the door, you know, warm lead, or you're doing, you know, marketing, you know, you got to have, create the funnel at the end of the day. That's called a funnel is where the leads are coming from, where you're advertising from. And we talked about this a little while ago. So you got a lead come in. How many do you convert to a conversation? Create those KPIs, key performance indicators. Okay, it's so important that you understand your numbers. And I'm not talking to accountants here. I'm talking to you, the entrepreneur, whether you're selling a product on Amazon, you're selling a service, you're selling a consulting, you're selling plumbing, uh, solar panels, I don't care. You got to know your numbers, okay? And if you ever watch Shark Tank, right? What's the one thing Mr. O'Leary or Cuban, they always tell you? What are your numbers? Know your numbers, yep. okay? It's not just sales numbers, but know your conversions, know where your leads are coming from, know your how long it takes you to close the sale, but follow that process, okay? So you have the leads coming in the door, you're speaking to them, is it, do you close them on the first call? I, again, a lot of it depends on the products. Does it take follow-ups? Do you have to do a presentation? So if you think about those steps and you write them down and then you create something to track them. Even if you just start in Excel, mm -hmm. very simply, just to track everything in Excel, do that. If you don't want to invest in the CRM, you don't want to you know, learn all that stuff, that's okay. Just start simple. And as you begin to grow, you'll begin to invest in more tools and more technology, but you gotta be able to, to do that. Um, it, it's, it's so imperative that you have that. And most of the time 
when I speak to salespeople or even the, the owners and the most common mistake, the most common mistake I, I find is you're typically ahead of your prospects in the sales cycle than they are in their buying mm -hmm. because you skipped steps in your sales process. Oh, I like that. Okay. So you, you need to basically finish a step in your sales process before you should move on to the next one. I like that. Yeah. Keep, keep pace with your client or your prospect and they're buying an adventure because it's an adventure for them because it's something it, new, something they haven't done before. So if you know your product outright, like I know podcasting, I know the power of a podcast, like the reach it can give you and the authoritativeness it can, because I've seen people like Joe Rogan, like just simply there, like, yes, he's making, he had a, he had a following beforehand, but he tripled his following with the power of podcasting and now has an exclusive deal with Spotify. But That's great. if I tell someone that they'll be like, yeah, but how does that benefit me? <laughs> so you have to go through that, like the whole journey with them explaining the benefits of the podcast, which is the sales, the sales funnel in essence. So it, it is a journey. And one of the things I, I also talk about is I ask people, what do you sell? Hmm. So you're selling your podcast, you know, you're selling maybe solar panels, you're selling plumbing, you're selling whatever. Okay. Or you're selling a new kitchen or swimming, whatever. Okay. So at the end of the day, the, what you, and I'll, I'll ask that question. Well, I'm selling technology. I'm selling a, a great looks. I'm selling, you know, you know, a modern kitchen, you know, so the dream kitchen of somebody that really love, or I'm selling the greatest software platform that the company needs to have in order to be productive and sell more, more things. Right. Yeah. All true, but it still comes down to one word in my mind. What is one thing word? you it's it's change yes people change. hate change they don't yeah. like change i've been doing it this way phil for the past 10 years oh i don't want to do something different i know my process i know what i'm doing oh uh, yeah it looks like you have a great product uh, but i don't want to change right how often do you hear that um in my nine to five job yeah constantly constantly right. and i even i'm adverse to change even though um i've seen the benefits of change in my own personal life from last year to this year um but yeah change is probably the hardest thing for any individual or company to do because there's it, it's just they think of the headache they think of all the work that's going to go into it it's problematic why would i do that like you're looking at a stack of dishes i could wash them now and get it over with, or I can let them soak, <laughs> you know, and then deal with it later instead of looking at the do a little now and then a little later and then it's done. You're, you're, you're not changing everything. You're just improving everything. And so I'm guessing the best way is to see how you can solve problems as the sales technique. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it all comes down to also is it's, understanding the challenges that the client has. Yeah. Not what you think is the best things of your software or your products. And that's also something else that sometimes goes, 
gets into the conversation or the or a demo or a presentation is let me show you how cool this this feature really is let me show you how great this functionality is and meanwhile your client i don't care i won't even i i i wouldn't use that no matter what my business is but you just spent the past 20 minutes telling me how great it is and it doesn't affect me one iota because you didn't answer you didn't ask the right questions up front to find out how important that was i love that it's it's i mean it is true growing your business selling coaching mentoring all this it's it's communication and listening to your per, the person actually listening and understanding what their needs are yeah as we said earlier phil and i say this a lot we we went to school for business we go to school for marketing there is no degree in sales. No. Okay. You don't come out of school being a, hey, I just got a degree in sales. You know, it's, it's on my wall. Look at my degree. We don't Beautiful have that. one. Yeah. And I, I don't think there ever will be because there's so many different styles of selling. But it, the core basis for everything is connect with your, your client so that they don't feel screwed out of the deal feel that they were manipulated or anything like that because i know from personal effect i've been getting ever since crypto has taken off i get a lot of people saying hey you want to invest in crypto and it's like do you see anything on crypto on my page like, <laughs> you, you're you're or they come in with the hey how's it going try to get to know you and then they're like hey have you heard of crypto and it's like we were having a good conversation <laughs> and then crypto showed up yeah but yeah, um, this is, I, I have, I have hundreds of questions, hundreds of questions up here and they, they just don't want to drop out. And, um, so you're doing your coaching. What's next for Jeff? What is the next eventual goal? Where are you growing your business to? That's a great question. I mean, it's always one of the growth is exponential if you're able to get there the growth is expansion um so it, it's training it's coaching you know i think really when i look at businesses and this is another aspect of what i'm kenley i'm be adding on pretty soon is setting the entrepreneur up for financial success i love that that's it's so needed in this generation so it's really I mean, one of the things I do talk about also is paying yourself. I know it's tough. A lot of companies aren't making a lot of money, but that's, I mean, that's part of life, but you still have to pay yourself and you still have to plan for your future, plan for your retirement. So um, financial planning, um, annuities, you know, you need insurance, that type of stuff. And I mean, I get asked a lot on, okay, so what should I be investing in? And so, you know, I just got my license on annuities and health insurance and life and life insurance so it's something that i you know will bring into the picture and i have a team of uh, cpas and financial experts to help with conceivably even buy sell agreements uh, you know risk management type of yeah. things and things that honestly i probably will never become a master of but but i i will be a connector yeah. for my businesses that i work with to make sure that they're taken care of because at the end of the day it's all about the holistic approach to a business for me it's watching them grow being successful adding people on and all that great stuff is i get great joy out of it is it's it's true like 
I can feel, even though we're not in the same same place, but through your words and through your energy that you're saying, you and for you, it's not about getting the money. Getting the money is secondary. You, it's for you. It seems is helping that person grow their business to where they are successful, even far more successful than you are, because you can still look and go, I helped him. And, yeah. and for you, it's, it's, it's a badge of honor. Yeah. He's making billions and you're making millions, but <laughs> you're happy because you you, you have a success story to share with the world, which makes one, it gives more gravitas to you. Cause you're like, Hey, he's a number one student of mine. And he can say, I learned from Jeff. And so everybody's going to come towards you. So it benefits you by helping others. It benefits you. And I, I, I think there's a lot more of that. And I'm really glad that I'm, I'm able to talk to because every single one of my interviewees have said they prefer helping people, but then you, you, you just stepped on something, uh, said something, pay yourself first. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that problem. They, they don't want, they've been told you have to invest in your business, invest in your business, invest in your business. But if you're not investing in yourself or paying yourself, how are you going to be able to continue investing in your business? Right. And um, what's really great is the season finale, which I recorded on Saturday, which re- it's a little <laughs> weird, but the gentleman's in France um, and he's a, he's a, I'll tell you off air who he is because I don't want to spoil it. I want to tease, right? Um, okay. He said the exact same thing. You have to pay yourself first. If you're going to help people, pay yourself first, then you can start helping other people in your business or outside. So if you're not being paid what you deserve, how are you gonna be able to help build those businesses or build those, uh, help those clients? Right, I, I was on the phone with, uh, one of the things I also do, Kenley, is I volunteer for SCORE. I don't know if you've heard of SCORE. Um, it's, 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 it's an organization that helps entrepreneurs, basically people who are just trying to uh, get started in business. They don't typically have a lot of money to go hire a coach, for example. And, yeah. you know, uh, so they're always looking to, for advice, quite candidly, how to incorporate, how to start a business, how to go market, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was on a call last week with a young lady that wants to work with executive women and help her, help them with their appearance. Okay. Great. Okay. So she was talking to me about, you know, She's been charging $75 an hour. She really wants to be charging $125 to $150. And, you know, she took this job that only paid her $40. And I I said to her, look, if you always want, if you're just going to take a job for the sake of taking a job because you want the $40 coming in the door, you'll never get to that $125 or the $150 because you're not going to have the time to really work that. And then I went to a website, right? And she had the prices out there and then on sale. Okay. And then I went to a LinkedIn and, you know, you'll have, you have your banner ad and then you have your face in her face. She has open for work, looking for work. So I said, look, I said, the value that you bring to your clients is the value that you believe that you're worth. If you only believe you're worth 40 bucks and that's what you're going to sell it for, then great, sell it. But if you're going to advertise, I'm looking for work. The first thing someone's going to go, oh, she's not very busy. She's not very popular. You know, she's giving away your services, right? So get, get rid of that, okay? Get rid of on sale off your website. 
Yeah, you can have a promotion, you know, a limited time, but you can't always be on sale. No. But you also have to be able to ask and feel good about asking for your for that $150 an hour if that's really what you want to get. Okay. Mm-hmm. And these are the reasons why I'm worth it. Yeah, no, it's I think we as a society have not learned how to value ourselves because we go into a nine to five and we're told this is what you're being paid. Okay. That's what I'm worth. And instead, when you become an entrepreneur, you have to put down your foot and say, no, I'm worth X amount of dollars an hour or X amount per session or whatever. So yeah, that's a really hard pill. I've, I've had difficulty swallowing on my beginning entrepreneur journey. I was like, well, I think I can sell this for like a hundred dollars. And then I realized how much work it is. And it's like, nah, bump that up. And I went on different websites that provided and they, they're charging three times the amount for a hundred times the amount that I was charging. And I'm like, well then time to, uh, look at doing something a little more expensive or just in that range that I feel more comfortable doing or charging. So if you're new in the business, look at what you're the top people get and look at what the new people are. Check out your competition Mm -hmm. quite candidly. I mean, if you want to know what your pricing and what the average pricing is out there, check out the competition. It's it's so easy to do. All the big businesses do it. Like it's part of business. They, they do their market research. They see what their competition is bringing. So if you're going to go into a market, do exactly like a big business and spend a day searching for these, the same people that you do and find a price that you're comfortable that you feel you're valued at and put it at that. And look at, look at their messaging. Mm -hmm. What attracted you to them? How did you find them? I mean, there's so much value you can get by just, doing your homework. And I'm not saying steal it. No, uh, That's not really what I'm saying here, but you can learn from the industry, learn from the market maker, learn from the leaders and um, <laughs> take the, take the best of the best and make it your own. Yeah. Cause that, that way it's research. You're not plagiarizing or stealing anything, but you take the best out of the best from everybody you're doing your market research. There you go. And plus, they're already spending millions and hundreds of dollars on this. A lot more than you. Yep. So they probably know why this funnel or they're using that those words. It works because they have the proof. They've spent the money doing their market research. So it's only fair that you borrow the best parts of the, each industry, each company's bit, because each, each bit is different. Like I've combed the internet for a lot of stuff on podcasting and i'm like well i don't really think this is important i think this is really important and i've cobbled together a little template for my clients that i'm going to be doing better and better with but for right now it works and i've gotten amazing feedback already from two clients so i'm like so this is going good so i'm going to continue this and find more and more stuff because if i'm investing in myself to invest in my clients it's only going to win for both of them for everybody involved yep and you remember it's research It's all research. You're not stealing anything. You're researching people. Um, Jeff, we're coming up to uh, the end of the podcast, which sucks because I didn't get to ask you half the questions I wanted, but you provided more value than I was. uh, Well, I always expect a little value. Everybody seems to give me like 100% more value than I ever thought possible. So I'm going to give you this last little bit. You can tell everybody where they can find you. If you have, if you want to sell your books, whatever you want, this is your time to shine, sir. Well, thank you. If I want to look at my books, look at the website, you can take a look at uh, 
BrandeisCoaching.com, which is obviously also on my TV screen behind me. You can go to uh, JeffBrandeis.com as well. And I'll, I'll offer your listeners and your viewers complimentary call. Go to SpeakWithJeff.com, www.SpeakWithJeff.com. Book some time on my calendar. Let's uh, just talk. Let's see if we can, we're a fit for each other. I can help you. That'd be fantastic. And it's a complimentary call and we see where we go. That, that is amazing value that you just provided to my guests, Jeff. Thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Uh, well, there, there, put me over there. There we go. So Jeff, I want to thank you one for the amazing value, the amazing advice that you've given. You've given more advice than I think I've, I've warranted in this podcast. So thank you very much for that. My pleasure. Um, thank, thank you again for that amazing offer to have a one-on-one call by just going to uh it's www.callwithjeff speak speak with jeff speakwithjeff.com it's going to be in the show notes near the top so that you guys can uh, take a few minutes speak with him see if your guys would be great for brandis coaching or anything else he offers because you know he's now a licensed uh insurance salesman so if you need insurance he's your guy if you're an entrepreneur uh, I like the phrase more as a wealth advisor or wealth ad- yes advisor. wealth management yeah. sorry yes well, that might be the insurance, yeah, it, it's a tough term. No offense to your dad. No, no, no. He, he also goes by a, he, he doesn't use insurance. He goes, he's a wealth man. Like he works in the wealth management department or something like that. He, I know it as insurance. Cause back when I was growing up, yeah. you, you were an insurance salesman. You didn't deal with anything else. You were an insurance salesman. Right. Now it's like, fact, you do that. I really, I rather not deal with the health insurance and stuff like that. I rather deal with the 401ks, the annuities, things that really truly have an impact on people's lives and, and future savings. And there's so many new tools out there that, you know, even Kenley for you would be fantastic where the market drops a hundred and or 500 points or even 5,000 points, because we know that's going to happen at yeah. some point, you know, where you'll have less risk or zero risk, regardless of those fluctuations. And you can only go up, you, you can't lose money. I mean, there's some great, great financial tools out there that are relatively new in the marketplace. So that, that's my pitch for, for that part of it. But sales training, business coaching, you know, yes, let's talk as well. So I'm going to just add on to what he says. He is literally telling you the truth. The tools that wealth management people have in touch and access to is amazing for your future, uh, for even when you're plan- when you, your estate planning, it's great because my and dad- for your mm-hmm. kids. My dad pretty much told rich people because he dealt with the uh, upper class stock bro- uh, stockbrokers and that. He said, look, you're going to die. It's inevitable. Your estate's going to have a lot of taxes. So what you do with me is you buy an insurance policy, you pay to that insurance policy. When you do pass on the government, because there's estate taxes in Canada and around the world, the government doesn't touch your estate. They touch your insurance policy. And then your estate stays full. And so that's how he sold it. And for me, I'm like, that makes a lot more sense than betting against the company that you're going to die. Yep. <laughs> so I have Very to say, true. go to go to Jeff if you want some financial wealth management advice or help. And he can probably point you either in the right direction or yeah, connect you with the people. Yeah, we'll do a, you know, even for that, we'll do a free financial um plan for you and give you advice for free. Look at that. 
my dad charges an exorbitant amount of money for that. Yeah, it goes typically about twenty five hundred bucks to, to do a good, you know, a good just as a starting point. Yeah, and Canley, you'll you'll have a plan. You'll you can do one couple things with it, and the same thing with the sales training or anything else that you do. Okay, and when I get done, you 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 do nothing. You put it in the drawer, where you say, "Oh, I can do this on my own." And then six months later, you call me and go, hey, Jeff, I, I need help. Or we just start today and we do it right. There we go. So ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you, Jeff, for You're your welcome, amazing Phil. advice. Take this moment and at least invest in yourself and call Jeff. That's all I'm asking you. Give a call to Jeff, set it up, and you'll see your life. He's going to help you grow. And who doesn't want to grow and make more money and have a financial freedom as an entrepreneur? So ladies and gentlemen, again, Jeff, thank you. And My pleasure. yourself. Thank you. Take care, Phil. Everyone stay well. Guys, that interview was amazing. His book, Done Deal, is great. I'm in the process of reading it. It's an amazing book. You should get on it. Obviously, show notes have some links for you to go listen to it. If you want his coaching, if you want to follow his Facebook, his LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, anything, I highly suggest you guys do it. We follow him. Uh, obviously the feel better uh, feel better does myself obviously and invest in yourself the digital entrepreneur does because we invest in our entrepreneurs our influencers and our business owners ladies and gentlemen um just a quick note the sales of the books have been phenomenal i am so excited go to merch by feelbetter.com again that is merch by feelbetter.com and you guys can pick up some books that I have there for sale especially the ultimate seven or this the ultimate seven steps to launching your podcast it's up there right now for you the name may be different who knows um, but yeah it's up there ready for you to buy I'm just so excited for you guys to check it out I want to thank you so much for spending your time investing in me and this podcast and I'll talk to you guys later <laughs>